Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap. Today's Tuesday, August 4th. East Coast power lines are down, Jonathan Swan memes are up, and we're focused on the future of COVID-19 lawsuits. Congressional Democrats, Republicans, and the White House are all working right now to get a new stimulus plan passed. Days after expanded unemployment benefits ran out and days before, the Senate is scheduled to go on break. One major area of continued disagreement is the issue of liability protections, not only for businesses, but also for health facilities and schools. It's the sort of thing that could reset the cost-benefit analysis for a business thinking about reopening or of its employees thinking about returning. As for Senate Republicans, they've proposed fairly sweeping liability protections, with Majority Leader McConnell warning that a, quote, second pandemic of litigation could be forthcoming. In short, the GOP bill requires employers to make a good faith effort to meet local and federal safety guidelines, and if such an effort is made, get what's known as safe harbor. Democrats, meanwhile, seem to think that existing liability protections suffice and that the GOP plan could lead to workers and customers being endangered or at least not having legal recourse if they get sick. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Neil Bradley, chief policy officer of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, to get a better understanding of where the political debate stands and what comes next as American businesses try to reopen. But first, this. We're joined now by Neil Bradley, Executive Vice President and Chief Policy Officer for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Neil, let's start here. In May, you told NPR that you guys were tracking around 300 COVID-related lawsuits in the workplace. Have you continued to track that? And we're now in August. What's the current status of those sorts of suits? Well, the numbers are climbing, as you would expect. It may have plateaued a little bit because of the second wave of shutdowns, but as businesses reopen from the new shutdowns, we expect them to pick right back up again. So it's a continued trajectory of new lawsuits. Some of the most fascinating things about the topics of which employers are being sued. We're tracking some employers who are being sued for enforcing face covering mandates, for example, and at the same time being sued for not effectively enforcing face covering mandates. So it's that proverbial damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. Why don't current business insurance or workplace insurance policies generally cover or should cover a lot of these COVID issues? To step back for a second, you do have workman's comp program at the state. So most of what we're talking about is not workman's comp related. An allegation that you were in the workplace, there are presumption that you contracted it there in the workplace. This is a little bit different. Here we're talking about folks who are visiting your place of business, maybe a vendor or a contractor or a customer who's visiting. None of that obviously is covered by your workman's compensation programs. And in that situation, you might have some general liability insurance, but you're going to still incur massive costs going through the process of litigating that. And by the way, we're in kind of new territory here, right? So it's been 100 years since we've had a pandemic like this. It's kind of worked its way through places of commerce. So we don't have a lot of great jurisprudence on how these things can come out. One of the things our opponents of liability safe harbors point to is that the businesses, the employers are likely to win their suits. Maybe, we don't know. We haven't had that many get to trial. 
at what cost in terms of attorney's fees, in terms of uncertainty. And that's just something our economy doesn't need at the moment. So, Neil, on the politics, where does this stand right now? It it seems the Republicans have their plan out. Democrats seem cool to it. The White House is take it or leave it. What's your perspective on the state of play? Yeah, I mean, I think there were some questions uh, towards the end of last week, exactly where the White House was coming down. Chief of Staff Mark Meadows came out towards the end of the day, Friday, and made clear that they support the efforts to include uh, liability safe harbors as part of the package. We believe that's the case. We've been talking with the administration. When you say support, it's one thing to support it. It's another thing to have it as a red line, which is the line McConnell had used at one point. Do you sense it as a red line for the White House? It should be a red line. Oh, that's different. Do you think it is a red line for the White House? It would be great if there were more clarity as to whether it's a red line for the White House or not. Our conversations lead us to believe that they understand exactly how important this is. But I think there's advantages to the McConnell approach of making very clear what red lines are. And in fairness, the administration has not made clear the way that Leader McConnell has that this is, in fact, similarly a red line for them. Do you see a possible compromise on this between what the Republicans want and what the Democrats want outside of uh, all in or nothing at all? You know, I think and we've always anticipated that a lot of discussions would center around what qualifies for the safe harbor. And so if you look at the legislation that the Senate Republicans have put forward, it's not a blanket immunity. In fact, you only receive a liability protection or a safe harbor if you follow certain public health guidelines. Or attempt to follow them, correct? You have to show a good faith that you're following them. Good faith effort to follow them. That's right. Democrats have always been interested in stronger guidelines about what we should expect from employers, universities, schools, etc. I think there is a way to strengthen the guidelines. And I think business would in many ways welcome not a regulatory approach, but a guideline approach to help them manage through this. Could you give me an example of something you think that would be strengthened, more explicit guideline that businesses would welcome that doesn't exist currently? Yeah, for example, on facial coverings and alternatives in the event that facial coverings aren't possible or alternatives in the event that six foot social distancing isn't possible. We know that there are a range of activities that you can take to prevent or reduce the risk of transmission. I think greater clarity about kind of that spectrum of options and how employers should utilize them would be especially helpful. Tell me if I'm wrong about this from reading through the legislation itself, or at least an exception for this is healthcare facilities, in which case they would have to show willful negligence, which is a different standard than just, you know, not good faith. That's almost sounds like I have to inject you with COVID. Am I wrong about that? You are, but I think it points to the problems that you face in healthcare environments. There are some places where in a healthcare facility, you are actively bringing people in to treat them who have COVID. And so your risk of transmission is always higher in a healthcare situation and often a very difficult place to manage and prevent transmission. I think we would all say that hospitals have made remarkable steps. Doctors' offices have taken remarkable steps to reduce transmission there. And they've learned as they've kind of gone through this process, the best way to treat COVID-infected patients and prevent transmission. This concept of a willful standard here, make sure that they can continue to evolve the protocols in their facilities that reflect the new things that we learn about the disease. And that's why the standard that you see there and why it makes sense, given what we've already seen over the last couple of months in these healthcare facilities. The Senate is supposed to go on recess at the end of work on Friday. Do you believe by the weekend there will be a stimulus bill passed by the House, passed by the Senate on President Trump's desk to sign with strong liability provisions in it or not? Just a bill. 
I don't believe there'll be a bill on the president's desk before the end of this week. I do believe there'll be a bill on the president's desk or headed to his desk for his signature before they go home. Oh, so you're saying you think they're going to stay longer? I don't think it's possible to go home for members of Congress to go home, leaving this issue unresolved with no prospects of finishing it. Thank you to Neil Bradley of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Welcome back. What we're watching today is Google, whose antitrust problems aren't limited to the United States. The European Commission announced that it's opening an investigation into Google's proposed $2.1 billion purchase of wearables maker Fitbit, and that it'll take up to 90 days before making a decision. Or put another way, more than one year after Google first announced the deal. Today, we're also watching automaker Ford, which announced that CEO Jim Hackett is out, despite being in the middle of a massive restructuring plan. In short, Hackett didn't cut it. So the task now falls to James Farley, who first joined Ford 13 years and three CEOs ago. Finally, today we're watching gold prices, which are at or near record highs, depending on the minute you look at it. Now, part of what's driving this is a pandemic-inspired flight to safety, but the truth is that gold bulls have been running rampant for a while because of low interest rates. Here's how the Wall Street Journal's Joe Wallace explains it. Quote, gold doesn't pay any income. As a result, owning gold means missing out on yields from other assets when interest rates are high. When real yields are negative, gold's lack of yield becomes a strength. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great national chocolate chip cookie day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.